I got love for you, man. You know what, I'm <laughs> what are we talking about? You know, I'm not here to start any trouble. I'm only going to say nice things about you from now on. I think you're handsome, and I think you're a wonderful host. I'm fat and I'm overweight. Just don't say anything silly. I was waiting for you to say that. I'm not laughing about it. You think this is funny? I take this serious. You know, I don't want y'all to take anything that out of context that I'm saying. He's very funny. He likes to joke around a lot. As a personality and as an entertainer, yes. This is going to be really quick. I'm not taking any questions. Go ahead and get comfortable. I'm going to talk for a little bit. You're listening to Cabby Presents, the podcast. Welcome, 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 welcome. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Cabby Richards. Glad you guys continue to tune in, click, download, and subscribe. I appreciate it. Feel free to leave a comment on, the, uh, on iTunes. If you, if you don't like it, say so. If you like it, I love you. And you'll get a hug from me when we meet in real life. Have you guys read the ESPN, the magazine story about Floyd Mayweather? Before I get to it, does anyone know the origin of Floyd and Justin Bieber's relationship? I don't, but I I want to know how it started and what it entails. I'm not sure why, but I'm just really curious. So his fights are becoming more of a spectacle because of who comes to the ring with him. In his most fight with Canelo Alvarez, Little Wayne performed a Millie walking alongside Floyd Mayweather into the ring, while Justin Bieber stood on the other side of Mayweather. So you have Floyd Mayweather in the middle. To his right, Little Wayne. To his left, Justin Bieber, both wearing sunglasses, on the way to the ring. But what I found more puzzling was that Denzel Washington was in Floyd's camp. So when they got into the ring, you see Denzel in a black Yankees cap, black on black, in the background, yelling something that's inaudible to the audience. But there's Denzel Washington, two-time Oscar-winning Denzel Washington, who's rarely seen in public outside of Lakers games and Knicks games sitting courtside. But now he's in the ring with Floyd Mayweather, Lil Wayne, and Justin Bieber. It was a magical moment. Back to the article. It was published a couple of weeks ago, so I'm not like breaking news or anything like that. If you haven't read it, it's it's very strong. Uh, I think it's in the September 17th issue of the magazine. So it's, it's like very revealing. And the access the, the writer gets to paint a picture of Floyd's life is impressive. From traveling on Floyd's G5 on this 11-city press tour to watching him spend thousands in a mall in Grand Rapids, Michigan, to one of his customary, you know, random late-night workouts in Las Vegas, to seeing Floyd Mayweather's checking account receipt. If you haven't read the story, I'm going to ruin the most salacious part. Floyd Mayweather's checking account balance. It has 11 digits. It's over $123 million. 
the writer was on the Dan Levitard show recently, and it was brought up in conversation as to why Floyd Mayweather decided to show him this. ESPN, or perhaps it was Forbes magazine, estimated his net worth at $100 million in 2012. So maybe Floyd caught wind of this, and maybe Floyd decided to prove in his own way that he was undervalued. It's a fascinating life that he lives, if only looking at his material possessions, if you're into that kind of thing. But one part of him that people overlook when they see his glamorized, overt, fully emancipated lifestyle, he's living the American dream and he's earned every penny of his fortune. I've heard it said that hard work is not glamorous. And the way he worked, he works out is like he's possessed with greatness, possessed with the idea of greatness. He's bigger than the sport of boxing and one of the greatest ever. Floyd Mayweather Jr. or Floyd Mayweather is 45 and 0. With that said, I lost $100 betting on Canelo Alvarez who lost in a decision to Floyd on September 14th. Yeah, I'm that guy. I interviewed Floyd Mayweather in June uh, in anticipation for the fight when he was doing some press and I asked him about you know banking and you know what I try to do in, in interviews is to make athletes seem relatable like just seem like regular dudes because most of them are regular dudes except that they have this extraordinary talent so in this interview that I uh, which unfortunately got the 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 tape, uh, the disc that it was shot on got damaged and this interview will unfortunately never be seen. It, that, that certainly hurt when, I, when that discovery is made. But in this conversation with Floyd, I asked him, like, when you go to the bank, Floyd, do you, what does that look like? Like, do you, yeah, and in this ESPN, the magazine story, it says that he likes to go the old fashioned way to go to a teller or whatever. But I didn't know that back in June when, I was interviewing him, but I asked him, what does the process look like to you? You know, is it, uh, do you go in a vault and is there a butler in the vault with white gloves that has, you know, a a section of this, uh, of a private vault for you? And he said that when you want, when you withdraw large sums of money, you have to order it. So a Brinks truck will actually drive to your residence and deliver two, three, four, five million dollars worth of cash. You have to order it. And I was floored by that, but it's awesome. My guest today correctly predicted the outcome of the Canelo Alvarez Floyd Mayweather fight because he's not an idiot like yours truly. He took an interesting path to get to the major league major leagues and his impact in Toronto is huge. Get ready for some great stories. Always honest, always fun, always giving. He steps to the mic right now. If it's going to be an interview, I'm going to conduct it. So I'll answer my own questions, ask myself the questions, then give y'all the answers. The last time I saw this man, I was embarrassing myself at the Jose Batista Celebrity Golf Classic on the mic. On the day, they raised close to six figures. Like, it's a great event. 
So we're in a room filled with people that played a round of golf with nearly half of the Blue Jays team, eating a good meal, buzzing from the day, buzzing from the drinks, and there I am on stage making fun of former Blue Jays pitcher Jesse Litch's daddy belly. I have zero self-awareness and talk about hypocrisy at its finest. The man that joins me today has hit 168 home runs in a Blue Jays uniform and is one of the most popular players in all of Major League Baseball. I'm happy to be joined by Jose Batista. Welcome back to the Cabby Presents podcast, sir. Thanks for having me again. Uh, so where, like, where were you yesterday? We were supposed to record this yesterday. What happened yesterday? I was at the airport yesterday. Uh, actually, my I had a cousin and her, her husband coming from Spain. Uh, they were actually supposed to land on Thursday night. Their flight got canceled. Then they got pushed to a flight Friday, and then their flight got delayed a couple of times. So I was stuck at the airport for a little bit, but uh, I haven't gotten to see them in eight years, so it was worth the wait. Is and, it uh, is it weird to is it weird to be like for someone to ask you that like you have sp- uh, cousins in Spain, like Spain, Spain? I know like you are like your Spanish heritage or Dominican heritage, but you have cousins in Spain. Is that? Maybe that's weird. Maybe that's an ignorant thing to ask you. No, it's not, actually. She's from the Dominican as well. She oh, just, okay. She moved there to go to college. And oh, then nice. she, she fell in love and got married, and she's been there for eight years now. Do you like the dude? Yeah, he's a great guy. Well, you can't, okay, you can't say you don't like him, so that was a stupid question. Because <laughs> you're super diplomatic. Even though you're honest, you can't be like, yeah, the guy's kind of a... But it is honest, and I got to know him for a while, and then uh, over the phone, and just, you know... Um, exchanging emails and stuff so uh even though i haven't met him in person uh, i've gotten to know him a little bit and he's a stand-up dude so i'm happy uh, that my cousin's with him are they staying at your crib or you, do you yes. put a, just staying at your place yes do you have like a do you have like a big ass place here in the city no those are kind of hard to come around <laughs> <laughs> big ass places here yeah i would love to have more space but uh especially for rent they don't they don't come up uh on the market very often so we have a uh, a decent sized, nice, <laughs> nice place. They don't have to sleep on the couch. No, they don't. <laughs> so look, dude, I'm watching uh, the Discovery Channel two days ago, just late at night, and I'm watching. It's like one of those great migration uh, episodes, and there's camera crew is like trying, it's filming these cheetahs, and they're just waiting for the shot where the cheetah kills an antelope, or um, uh, kills a um, uh, what are they uh, like a. Uh, and Impala, like it's, this guy for like 30 days is just getting frustrated with this cheetah. And then it reminded me of, uh, I just did an interview with Adrian Peterson and I asked him like, when you went to, when you went to Africa, Adrian, did you see an animal there that could catch you? And he said, yeah, I saw a cheetah. And then it, it, then it brought me back to, in 2010, I got to go to South Africa to watch the World Cup. Now growing up, I know baseball is your love, but how big is soccer? in the Dominican Republic? You know, it, it, it captivates a, a, a portion of the uh, population, but not most most of us. Uh, like for us, baseball is like hockey. It's like in our blood. Oh yeah? But then uh, basketball and soccer are definitely in, uh, number two and number three sports uh, for people down there. And um, even though we a lot of people might not play soccer, uh, they certainly follow it. But in the city where I'm from, and half of the population of the whole country lives in the city, you know, that big open space is not easy to come around. Oh, so, right. Yeah. So there's not, a, there's not a lot of places where you can play, only a handful of, uh, uh, you know, uh, spots that you can play soccer at. So uh, 
for that reason, I think it's just it's impossible for it to get that popular. So, oh, Jose, when the World Cup comes around, and I, I believe all sports fans get swept up in it because it's, you know, it's the global tournament. It's huge. Even if you're a casual soccer fan, you'll root for the country, our country, if your country's not represented. When this World Cup does come around, who do you root for? Which country do you root for? It all depends if some of the Latin American countries are in it. You right. Know, um, They're always in it, dude. Like Ecuador. Last year, uh, last time. Um, like Paraguay, Uruguay. Paraguay, yeah. Chile, and Europe, yeah, those guys. Chile has been moving up. Um, Colombia used to be a real good back in the day. So I used to root for Colombia. Then I've. Uh, dude, moved. did you ever see the Two Escobars documentary on the 30 for 30? No, I haven't. Oh, it was the best one ever. The Two Escobars is amazing. Sorry I cut you off there. I just got excited. It's all right. I'm going to have to uh, go uh, find that one on, on YouTube or something. But. Um, you know, lately, uh, I have my favorites, you know, depending on the region of the world. So, uh, what are the favorites? Those, just those three, Paraguay, Uruguay, Ch Chile, no, and Colombia? If, if I go for Latin America, I go for Brazil. Uh, even though that they speak Portuguese, they're still, you know, in South America and all that. Uh, and in Europe, I, I go for Italy. Uh, really? I like I like the way the Italians play. Uh, yeah, but Jose, you can't like how those guys dive and like they make it operatic, and it's like you can't like that about the Italian, the Azzurri. I don't, because at times it opens up by uh, the the defense. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when guys are flopping around, that's the thing that I hate the most about soccer. Just the 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 theatrics that these dudes have, and like you know, you, you the Latin do. I don't think the the players from the South American countries really do that. The other European countries, I don't really see the African countries. Those guys don't really do that. It's like, and, and I shouldn't cast aspersion on only the Italians, but those guys are like the best at it. But they're a little more dramatic, you know, than, <laughs> yeah, than the normal uh, soccer players. So that's okay. But they're really talented as well, and they've been doing good in uh, world tournaments in the last couple of years. But you know, speaking about flopping, you know, basketball players have hey, been, uh, okay, you're last right. season. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. You're uh, right. Uh, they, they've, there was a lot of talk about the flops in the NBA and uh but now they get fined though, five thousand. But like real money comes out of their pocket. Yeah, but how many guys that actually flop did get fined? I think ten um, percent. No, not only. <laughs> I don't even think that many. But All the right. threat of you're losing money if you are if you are lowering the game in that like NBA is one of those leagues, man. They'll fine you for everything. Yeah. NBA and the NFL. That is true. So we'll see uh, if they have they keep a stat on, on how many. Uh, how, how many uh, flops they prevented? You got? Do you guys ever get fined? Baseball players, I feel like, never get fined. Every time you get ejected, you get fined, and every time you slam your equipment, you get fined. Do so. you actually? Oh, it's yeah. just not publicized. Exactly. So how much? Okay, if you break your batting helmet, how much is that? What is that? Like five hundred bucks? A thousand bucks? You don't bucks? even have to break it. It's just or when you slam, you slam it. it. And I mean, if it depends too on on why you slammed it. So if you <laughs> really? slam it because of an on-field decision or something, it'll cost you, you know, seven hundred fifty bucks, thousand okay. bucks. Uh, yeah, and and. But dude, you've lost thousands this year because you you've been fired. You've been fired up, <laughs> like you did, like dudes. Like <laughs> as we were we were talking over text once. Like yeah, I feel like it's personal. Like dudes, like umpires have a vendetta against you. So like, not only are they frustrating you in the game, but then it's like you're seeing like your paycheck reduced by you know several thousand bucks because you know you had to go take a shower early. Yeah, I lose a couple grand every year, but <laughs> I guess I got to write it in the budget. But you know, in, in all seriousness, you know, it's something that I need to get better at, and I'm working on it. No, th but this year, how, like, you're, it's got to be five figures of, like, it's, it's got to be, like, 25 Gs that you've no, forked no. over. Not no, that money? No. Not how much? I, I haven't even broken five figures, so. This year? Yeah, this year. I've only gotten ejected. I only got ejected once this year. 
I really maybe yeah. it's maybe it seems like because you're just <laughs> because what you're, I, what you I got I that hot light and blood you're just fired up all the time yeah sometimes it makes the headline just <laughs> I get a little more fired up than the normal player uh, well you know that's because you're passionate about the game so I saw you tweet uh, two weeks ago your your starting lineup in your your fantasy football team your fantasy who are you in this football pool with well this one was the the Blue Jay uh, pool there's uh, Casey Jansen uh, Darren Oliver, uh, let me see who else we got. Mark DeRosa, Dustin McGowan. It's a 12-team league, so also uh, only Josh Tolley. Uh, and I'm in two different leagues. So this one I'm doing with the guys on the team, and then I'm in a separate. With just like your buddies? With a couple of friends from all over. Who aren't, who just like your boys, not necessarily baseball players. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so. Off the field, friends. Okay, so when. Uh, that's 12-team league, like, how does... Okay, there's, aren't there, like, 25 guys on your team? How many guys are on your team? 20? Yeah, but some guys don't even like it. Oh, uh, okay, so it's not like... Uh, nobody's fighting for a spot. Okay, I was going to say, is there, like, a draft to get into the pool? We like, actually had to recruit the 12th person. Really? Yeah, we uh, put a couple coaches in there, too. We got... Uh, it's a it's a good league though. It's uh, a lot of trash talking. So oh, I nice. can imagine. I can't... Who, who's, <laughs> like, who's the chief trash talker in that clubhouse? Uh, well, I don't think there's anybody taking charge in that, but there's somebody that's taking a beating. So we got <laughs> <laughs> the league sandbag is Josh Tolley. <laughs> he, he had a he had a pretty bad draft, and everybody's you know giving it to him because that's of awesome. That. He must have had Tom Brady because even though Tom Brady is Tom Brady, he's one of the greatest ever. He hasn't he hasn't played that well so far, and he's got like four rookies. Like his whole receiving staff. I mean, I can like, show you everything on my phone right now, but. Um, <laughs> I'd love to see he it. He drafted a quarterback in the. He waited till the ninth round to, to get a quarterback. Yes, that's not good strategy. I'm telling you that he he that's, had a bad draft. Okay, so legendary trash talkers, which leads me to Michael Jordan. I don't know if you ever. So I I don't know how like uh, uh pat, like obsessed you get about baseball. I know like you see growing up like baseball was like it's in your blood. So MJ is like this legendary. Um, he's like at the hit his his. Uh, level of competition is like he was like possessed and I don't know if you guys do you remember the story and I read this in a book I think by it was called when nothing else matters and it was by a guy named Michael Leahy used to write for the Washington Post MJ used to okay tell me a similar story if you have one uh, he, he used to he was so competitive that he used to bet his teammates whose bag would come off the belt at the airport the carousel first and he would bet his he would bet, you know, thousands of dollars on whose bag would come out first. But he would pay the airport guys a hundred bucks to make sure that his bag always came out first. So he's making five thousand off Tyron Lou and these other guys on his team, but he's only spending like a hundred bucks. Have you ever encountered someone that competitive, or are you that guy? You are you that competitive? I'm I'm competitive like that, and there's certainly been a lot of teammates that are that competitive, but nobody that takes it to the level of betting because <laughs> of it um a couple of guys yeah they, they like to bet i had frank francisco and i had uh, a couple other guys that own horses that own um you oh know, wow i i know what the can of worms i'm opening with this one but they don't they own cocks for fighting <laughs> <laughs> um so they they like betting uh but they nobody it's nobody amazing. takes it to on the field uh betting you know it's uh something that we've managed to stay away from luckily yeah, but the, but that, that wasn't on the MJ was like oh, betting true. at the airport. This is, uh, uh, I guess, on the team travel and stuff. But nobody really done that, uh, other than the the casual, you know, poker game on the flights. 
Uh, there's not a lot of betting going on. Okay, I'm sorry. We we have to go. We have to rewind to the cockfighting part. <laughs> so you wait. How do you? I only I, and I remember this. I don't know. Do you watch Eastbound and Down? Yes. Okay. When it's coming, it's yeah. Season four starts in like a week or something. Uh, so does it look anything like it did? You went the the one season where. Um, uh, Kenny Powers goes to Mexico for the whole, and, and I think it opens, and he's got the cornrows, and he's like, "Does it look anything like that from what you know of?" It does. I mean, we can pull some stuff up on YouTube, <laughs> but it, it, it looks exactly <laughs> like that. And we have a, a a new teammate that you know proudly made his his new uh, ring for his his own cocks to fight in. So <laughs> it's. Uh, <laughs> It's pretty funny, you know. I'm from the city, so I never grew up with it. But being from the Dominican and having who's that the in, our, in, who's our, the in our culture, uh, well, I don't want to send you know <laughs> some sort of worldwide organizations. Uh, Listen, to but go, it, it happens. Chase in, him, but you know, it's I, I'll keep it at that. Uh, <laughs> and uh, but it's in our culture, and it's le it's totally legal down there, and there are some uh, strict rules that you have to follow in order to be able to do this. And I, he's uh, proud that he just was able to create this. Now he's had his own ring. So, <laughs> so he can have he can sanction his, his own events. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I think I remember uh, Pedro Martinez actually spoke about cockfighting once, and and I think it was it was like I think they spoke about it on PTI. I, I, I kind of remember, and uh, and it was like it's just like it wasn't a big deal. It was like yeah, this is like culturally this is what happens in you know some parts of the Dominican. So that's right. You know, in in Spain they still do the the bullfighting, and in some Latin American countries they still do bullfighting as well, but. Uh, in the smaller countries like the Dominican uh, and Puerto Rico, they they do a lot of cockfighting, so it's part of the culture for sure. Wait, so can you get could, can you get one if you wanted, like a bird? Can you like go in on, you know? Anybody can. You can have your own. Do you, you have can one? Just walk in. Did no, you, I, I've never I've never even been to to a fight. But do you want to go though? No, not really. It's just I guess not my style. Okay, fine. And well, you're a city dude. You don't really want to drive four hours into like some remote part of the north. Northern. No, they actually have places in the city. That do it like in a, like a barn. Like or some like no, abandoned it's like warehouse. A, it's like an arena. It's like what a boxing you, match. What? It's 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 on TV. It's it's. Are you serious? Up. Yeah, there's big time advertising and marketing around it. It's, it's pretty big. Jose, what's the name of the dude's? Uh, uh, <laughs> 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 what's the name of his rooster? Uh, I don't know. He's he's got over sixty. So what? Yeah, these guys have like the whole flock of. <laughs> <laughs> they have a whole fighters. roster of yes of of cocks. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. I didn't think the conversation was going to go here, but the the eight year old in me finds this like hilarious. I know it. I know it. But uh, it just you know it got teed up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay, so wait. So you're competitive on the field, but like you haven't been around like just random, like like if I throw this ball from center field and it hits home plate, you give me like you you guys like in, okay in basketball. You mentioned basketball before. They have, I remember this, seeing this one video with Gilbert Arenas was shooting three-pointers versus, I think, Deshaun Stevenson. And it was 100 makes. I think they had to get 100 makes for like 10 Gs or 20 Gs or something like that. And it was, I think, and it might have even been with their left hands, but Gilbert won. But there isn't, you guys don't, I guess it's a I gym in, in the, the state. I guess the only time I, I can say that I ran into a situation like that was in the minor leagues. I was playing in, in Class A in Lynchburg, Virginia, and I had a couple teammates that, would love to play the game pluck it's similar to spades but you okay. switch uh which trump is in, in each hand um and they 
they would love to bet but not money when they lost they had to like dare each other to do something crazy so they and would, it, it was probably always sexual right no actually it was they would dare to uh lick each other in between the toes <laughs> <laughs> they would dare to spit in each other's mouth come on like are you crazy kidding stuff uh they put one guy in the industrial size uh clothes dryer Oh my god! It was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. So did this he guy do was huge. He was six four, <laughs> like two hundred and fifty pounds. He was a relief pitcher named Jeff Miller, uh, from New Jersey. I remember, and um, I haven't talked to him or, or seen him in a while. But yeah, because he's not alive anymore. Th the last memory that I have of him is him <laughs> spinning around in this huge clothes dryer that they use for drying the uniforms and the towels. So it it was it was hilarious. Jose, that's incredible. That is incredible. So wait, so you so you've seen a grown man lick another grown man in between toes? Yes. Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, they kind of did it in the middle of the clubhouse, and nobody was paying attention to the game except for when somebody when somebody lost and it was time to pay up. <laughs> <laughs> then it becomes a spectacle. Yeah, it's I'm I'm telling you crazy stuff. Sticking uh, ice cream pops and and, and bodily. <laughs> <laughs> cavities you know, the you miners know, are just like it's, it's wild yes. it's wild i've heard some i heard this one amazing story which i can't it's not for public consumption but this awesome story about breaking a slump uh oh yeah that it was there's a line of clothing called slump busters yes and i heard this other great kelly gruber told me a great slump buster story which i'm sorry guys that whoever's listening to this i, I can't i wish i could tell you but i can't i can't uh I can't tell you, but um, what did I want to get? I forgot, and I've forgotten where I wanted to. Oh yeah, so you mentioned spitting in the mouth. There was a quarterback. Um, oh, this just came out like a couple of weeks ago. There was a quarterback that recently revealed that he had a, a lineman spit in his mouth once. Like, uh, and it can't. It, his name escapes me. Oh, that's great. I'm just looking at an image for just Google slump buster. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, go big and, or go home. Yeah, you, yeah, you have to. You go as big <laughs> as you can. This quarterback. So it, it, it brings me to Tom Brady, who, like, recently – I don't know if he – who is your quarterback in your fantasy team? Oh, it's I Drew have, Brees, right? I have Drew Brees in one, and then I have Aaron Rodgers in the other. Sick. You're, you're just racking up points. So Tom Brady was, like, furious with his receivers or whatever. It's just like he's, like, uh, demonstrably – pissed off and he's got these rookies and nothing's going he's like sulking he's pouting and he's showing up his receivers i don't can does does that exist in your game when like when you're like really pissed at a teammate whether it's a is it a big situation and the teammate either you know messes up defensively or doesn't produce you i mean when it goes to the dugout shots you guys are always like calm but can you emote like that i mean everybody can but uh, obviously it's, it's not professional and and you try to make sure that anything that you want to communicate to a teammate is done, you know, not in the limelight, not when the TVs are, are looking at you, when the cameras are, are pointed at you. But it does happen. You know, at times, you know, emotions can get a hold of guys and, and they kind of have outbursts like that. And I'm sure uh, Tom's feeling a little bit of more pressure normally uh, than he would because he's got a, a new receiving core. Yeah, he's got nobody. Grok's out. Amendola's hurt. Grok's yeah. hurt. The the new uh, tight end that they were supposed to have didn't really have a good showing right. in the first game. And Wes Welker's gone. Aaron know, Hernandez killed a dude. So then he feels like he's he's putting the ball out there and the guys are just not running the right routes or allegedly. Drop, or dropping them. allegedly allegedly yeah. excuse me. But uh, he's actually one of those guys that if he does it, you can kind of understand understand it and kind of allow it to a certain degree because he's been a legend for so long so if, if it was somebody else it would look even worse 
Uh, but in baseball, you know, it doesn't happen too often. But every now and then there's a pitcher that gets upset because he's, you know, fighting, struggling, making a good pitch for, like, example, a double play ball, and then it gets dropped. You know, nobody's trying to drop a double play ball, but, you know, that type of mistakes happen. And I guess guys that are in that type of role, like a quarterback, like a pitcher, um, they get more upset at mental mistakes than physical mistakes because, um, I, I mean, it, it's a, it affects them the worst right. in, in their personal, you know, outcome or, or uh, statistically in, in a game. So the ones that bear with the loss, basically. Yeah. So they, uh, they do the highlights about a game and they don't really talk about necessarily, that's not the first thing they point at, oh, how the team lost, oh, the pitcher lost the game. Yeah. So if if you're in the dugout and a dude strikes out in a big moment, you have to you have to like force yourself not to react. No, absolutely not. I mean, I'm rooting for my teammate. I want him to do good for for the team and for himself. But yeah, but if there's dudes on runners, if runners on second and third, one out, and the dude, the dude grounds into. Well, I guess it wouldn't be a double play. I mean, it could whatever. But or like he strikes hey, out and somebody, the other guy pops up. If just, somebody, for example, bunts with men on third, in two outs, and bunts it right back to the pitcher with a tying run on third. Everybody in the dugout is going to be left scratching their head and wanting to say something, but you have to control yourself. And if you do say something to your teammate, you know, be more aware of the situation, what's on a mental mistake, kind of try to get to know what he was thinking and do it behind behind closed doors instead of out where everybody can see. Is there Has there been, do you know of a guy who had a legendary temper? Other than myself? <laughs> <laughs> Other than number 19 I, for the Toronto I, Blue Jays. I never, I never take it out on my teammates, though, but uh, I... I mean, it, I use it for my own driving purposes. That's what kind of keeps me going. I kind of get on myself to to push myself. But uh, I never played with a guy that had a temper to where he showed up a teammate. Uh, I've seen a couple of guys show up coaches, which is, in my head, even a little worse than showing up your teammate. Showing <laughs> up the coach, really? Yeah. Like, like I, when they I, argue in the dugout. I've seen guys like get base get base hits, and for some reason the coach didn't send the, the runner on second to the plate. And I see them on first base kind of jumping around, waving their hands in the air like, what the heck are you thinking? You should have sent them. That's my RBI. Like, right, right, right. That kind of thing. And then they get back in the dugout and they get into it. I've, I've had to separate a guy from a coach. Who? who? From a situation like that. Who? You know, it's, it's, Dude, it's on TV. It's already been on TV, Jose. Yeah, but they, it wasn't on this team. It wasn't a previous team that well, I that played Well, that doesn't for. matter. Was, the uh, statute of limitations is over. It's on. No, it's, it's, it's a couple years ago when I was with the Pirates. It happened with a teammate and, uh, you know, his situation deteriorated pretty fast after that within the team because the coaching staff obviously fell out of favor uh, with him and then they, they ended up trading him away. Uh, Is he still playing quickly. in the MLB? No, he's he's not anymore. Okay, well, you can say his name. He's not even playing anymore. It's not going to get back to him. <laughs> no, I'd rather not. You know, it's, it's one of those things that I feel like I'm... I'm saying too much just by even mentioning it that I don't, I don't, I really don't it, want. It was already it. on TV. It was, already, it's okay. Well, you the, can go back and do the research. Well, and, and well, yeah, the video. <laughs> some random. And you can throw them under the bus. What I want. <laughs> Gladly. When you have, uh, you have these moments. You, you said that some, you like, you won't address it with a teammate in front of the cameras, but like you always try not to. But sometimes you know you talk about the game and different things. The one thing I guess you don't want to do is act like you're yelling at a teammate as if you were the coach or the manager in front of the cameras or like telling him you know get your get your act together get your head out of your, your yeah, butt your, like yeah. in front of everybody as if it was a, a child or, or your uh, you were his superior um, at the end of the day you're all teammates and you're just trying to pull the, the same rope and in the same direction so uh, you never want to project that onto 
uh, the fans, uh, the the viewers, or or the opposing team. When you, if you ever, when you strike out or you don't get get a base hit or whatever, and you're walking back to the dugout, do you want anybody to see, you don't? Do you want anybody to say anything to you, or you just want to you just go on a stew for two minutes and then you ha- then you go talk to your teammates? I actually like it when guys talk to me and just because I'm even upset, when you're pissed off, I'm really approachable. Even when I'm pissed off, I guess it helps me kind of break out of it quicker, which is good. Uh, even though I use it for the drive purpose uh, and, and to kind of push myself, uh, I need to refocus uh, at some point and get back into the game, whether on defense or for my next at bat. So the quicker somebody talks to me, the quicker I can just, you know, snap out of it and, and get back into the focus of the game. When One other thing about football, when you see um, receivers, wide receivers who are like the, I, I guess there's no real baseball equivalent, um, but when they are when they score touchdowns and they're going through their little dance every not every guy but some guys have like these routines and their teammates jump on them before they can get their routine finished do you think that annoys them I think so it annoys me uh, I kind of <laughs> rather see them dance where they won't hurt themselves instead of seeing guys like jumping on top of each other and like snap a ACL or you know sprain a, an ankle so there's been plenty of injuries like that in the NFL and in baseball in the last couple of years. So I think they should oh, yeah. they should ban people from bumping on, into each other when they're celebrating. Well, but you guys can't help it when someone hits a walk-off home run. Like, that's that's no greater feeling, I imagine, that's, in baseball. That's true. Uh, I guess we, we got to just try to be safe with it. <laughs> Do you – Um, I Tory Hunter once told me that when – when he was playing with the Angels, he he meant she said Mike Napoli was the guy that always punched dudes in the ribs and in the stomach. So they're, so they're celebrating with their teammate as his great accomplishment coming down to third base. And he said you really have to brace yourself because you're just going to get your ass kicked yeah, you by get, your teammates. You're you just get, getting punches. You get punched out a, uh, a lot, <laughs> and in baseball at least. Uh, and here we actually try to get the jersey over the head, you know. The jersey, like the, like a hockey like a thing. Hockey nice, and, nice. Uh, and then punch. But most guys have, <laughs> have come aware of the fact that we try to do that, and and they now it's it's uh, especially Laurie. Now it's his goal. He doesn't care if he gets punched. He just doesn't want the jersey to be pulled over his head. Oh really? So he just like, sits there and takes it. But <laughs> he's so proud that nobody puts the head over his uh, jersey over his, his head. jersey over his head. So so you as a sportsman, as a football fan, you like to see the receivers celebrate, have a dance, or, and do you like when defensive players make a big hit or a sack? They have like a little. You you like that? I do. I I enjoy it. I like it. It's uh, entertainment. That's why people. That's why people watch the games and. Uh, I guess it's different in, than in other sports with the showboating and disrespecting your opponent. I mean, this is a contact sport. Like, who cares? I'm, I'm sure they say even nastier things than just doing a little dance after they knock each other down. That's so, true. That's uh, true. Uh, it's just not in the culture of baseball, I guess. But and uh, I guess not even basketball, but or golf. That would be pretty odd. If, <laughs> if somebody's like, I just got that birdie in your face. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious, but I don't think that's ever going to It's just not the culture. But in football and then in hockey, I guess, uh, you can get away with more stuff. Yeah, they, yeah. In hockey, they don't, even, they don't even celebrate that big. I mean, well, they, they, jump, they jump into the, yeah, they jump into the boards, Ovechkin does. And, you know, they have that thing where they, um, they, they swipe their hand across the ice in a, in a um, scoring motion. And I want to, okay, two things. I want to, uh, so when I was at your golf tournament, um, we were there, you're raising money for the Batista team fund. No, no, the Batista, Jose Batista Educational Fund. That's right. 
and you have like a like I was reading about your uh, your journey to the um, to the MLB. So for people who don't know, can you can you so, like summarize it? Summarize it. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's course. early in the morning, um, folks, <laughs> and I'm also uh, a drunk rhino. <laughs> well, uh, it got to the point when I was in the Dominican, and I wanted you're like 14 or 15. No, I was I was 18. 18. Or, okay. Already. I was trying to well. Actually, let me start a year earlier. I'm uh, 17, just graduated high school. I'm trying to play professional baseball. I don't find a good enough contract, so I enroll myself in, in night school for college. So I do two semesters while practicing, trying to get signed, and nobody. What were you taking in your college at school? Uh, well, actually, at the, you know, at the beginning, everybody has to take those basic courses. But my major was business administration. Okay, got it. So management, I guess, uh, in the U.S. Um, and uh, nobody gave me a good enough contract or s nobody gave me what I felt was a good enough contract. So luckily I got paired up with a, an organization out of California called the Latin Athletes Educational Fund run by a gentleman called Donald Oderman. And they uh, did the same thing that I'm doing now, which is pair up young kids that want to keep playing sports, but they also want to go to school. And they pair them up with a college that's going to cover uh, whatever they can with a scholarship and then what the college doesn't cover, the foundation. Uh, steps in and, and fills in the rest uh, you have to you know uh, have a certain criteria to to get us accepted or to ex uh, to be able to receive the grants or the help but uh, then the foundation also stays involved and make sure that you uh, you're successful off the field with the your studies get involved in the community and also successful on the field you know by keeping in touch with your teachers your coaches and stuff like that how so, do they find you though you said you got paired up with this fund but if you are one of many uh, young ball players, like how did how did you get picked? You know, it was it was tough because back then they didn't have the same access to, to players that uh, as for example my foundation does now. So the way that I got paired up is one of my former um, coaches in Little League. Um, his son went through that foundation uh, to school at the same college that I did, and uh, in the Dominican. Well, no, in in Florida. Oh, in Flo okay. So wait, <clears throat> so you're so, so you're already you're already Domin in Florida. My coach from the Dominican, his son had gone a couple years ago to the same college. Uh, okay. Then that college placed a call to my old little league coach, see if they had an outfielder that that could potentially come and play for them. So at that time, they called me, and I had all my uh, requirements ready to go. And within a matter of five or six days, I was I was gone to Florida and went to junior college. So you went to junior college in Florida. Yes. Which one? called Chipola College. Chipo Chipotle, like the the friggin' burrito joint? No. Uh, Chipola. Chipola, so, not Chipotle. C-H-I-P-O-L-A. Um, it's the name of a, an Indian tribe in the panhandle of Florida that lived there a number of years back. Um, so it was, it was a great opportunity for me, and it opened the doors for everything, because after I went to junior college, then I got drafted, signed with the Pirates, Ended up in the big leagues, got traded to Toronto, and here I am today. So how how many years did you play in the junior college? Like, did you True. have to go to the minors, or yeah, or the junior college with like minor league years? No, it's just same as you know go, uh, going to college. So I, I only play for two years instead of three because if you go to a four year school, you have to wait till the third year to get drafted. That's the rules in baseball. And um, after I signed with the Pirates, I played minor league ball for three years, and then I went up to the big leagues uh, via the Rule Five, 
and then went back down to the minors for another year and then came back up and I haven't been back since. So so one of those three years in the minor leagues is where you saw a grown man spit in another grown man's mouth? Yes, that was in 2003 in Lynchburg, Virginia. In Lynchburg, you also saw a grown man lick uh, the in the in between uh, toes of another grown man. Yes, no no not the most uh not the not the most cleanest thing I ever seen. Right. And then you also saw uh, a grown man uh, insert uh, 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 an ice like a ice pop or uh, yeah popsicle. like a like a uh, an icy treat into a bodily cavity another another man yes <laughs> <laughs> I did this okay two 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 last things I did a, a bit recently with these hockey dudes and it the theme of it was telling your teammates I love you man so so like and I'll ask you the same series of questions when you how many times in a year will you tell one of your teammates, I love you, man? I don't know. Maybe once or twice, just being funny like that. But <laughs> it's it's kind of awkward. I mean, I, now that I think about it, it's it doesn't happen a lot, So, uh, let alone in a serious way. So <laughs> that would be awkward if somebody does come out and start saying that, you know, like yeah, serious. But like, so, but I guess generally they probably say it in moments of victory, like, man, like a dude gets a huge hit, or I guess in hockey, like a huge goal or or a great pass or something like I love you man so these dudes are saying like they say it all the time like and I ask them like how do you say it do you just like you know just you know put your hand on a dude's shoulder like shoulder or do you look a dude in his eyes and say I love you man they probably if it's hockey they probably do it in that way they, they probably look at each other <laughs> look a dude in the eyes and like fix their own the each other's hair and, and say it <laughs> you know how do you funny, say it how do you say it I don't that's the thing <laughs> ever uh, no you I never mean, tell I, a dude that you love him not a teammate in, in the stadium no <laughs> I, I can't think of one time that I've ever done that maybe my brother or a cousin or somebody like that's one of nice. my dear friends you know then there's like then there's like what if like you had a teammate that was just like just got comfortable too fast like a new guy like what if uh uh kawasaki was just like he would just tell you like he loves you like well he actually says i love you guys uh just for but he doesn't he doesn't make it individual like to you jose no no but just for fun sometimes when we've had team meetings we kind of have him do the the closing uh statement of the meeting and he just spits out japanese for about 30 seconds and then he <laughs> says i love you guys it's hilarious just like everything else that he does he's a funny guy and uh we enjoy having him around that's a, that's a great way to close this uh jose uh, uh amazing uh uh that you uh came in here and um you know I, I i'm happy to build a friendship with you and and i love uh our interviews i always have a great time and i always try to think of wild things to do and you're always very generous with your time like you are today so thank you very much and uh and the batista education fund yeah how, how, how much did you guys raise in that uh the golf tournament uh we haven't done the, the final tally yet but, but it uh, was like up like close to six figures it was like yes. i heard it was like 70 or 80 g's or something yeah it like, was it was definitely in that range and for being at the first event and having great support from uh my partners, it was it was awesome. You know, the guys that give me are kind enough to give me endorsement deals at the same time. Stepped up and really helped out with the foundation and the cost. So it was great. Awesome. And man. the website is uh, uh, Batista Family Fund, uh, Batista Education Fund dot org, and uh, that's the full name of the foundation, Batista Family Education Fund. Uh, and there's Twitter handles and there's uh, uh, Instagram accounts that you guys can follow us at the same time. And it's Batista Fund 
Uh, so follow follow them on, on Twitter and Instagram. And if you don't already follow one of the most popular players in all of Major League Baseball on Twitter, it's at JoeyBats19. And on Instagram, it's also at JoeyBats19. Jose Batista, thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. And thanks for your friendship. Thank you for listening to Cabby Presents, the podcast. 